the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt podcast, bringing to you the best voices on the stories and issues that matter. Helping make it all possible is the generous partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Here's another piece I'll trust you enjoy. And as we welcome Byron York, first of all, welcome, Byron. Always great to have Great to hear you and great to talk to you when I do the Hugh Hewitt Show. Nice to have you. Good morning. Thanks for having me. It is on that exact point that I go right into something that you paid attention to on Twitter, at Byron York, and that is a fascinating Quinnipiac poll asking Americans if... And I don't think the question was if Putin invaded America. I think the question was, if you guys were Ukrainians, what would you do? Stay and fight or get the heck out of Dodge? And though there was some interesting... Um, what was your main takeaway from what people said? Well, it's, it's, it's an extraordinary poll. It's just one of those questions that um, I don't think any other pollster had thought of. <clears throat> and it said, as the world witnesses what is happening to Ukraine, they asked, what would, what would you do if they were in the same position as Ukrainians are now? Would you stay and fight or would you leave the country? Now, a majority said that they would stay and fight. Let me see. I can get their actual. Here, here's the actual question. Mm-hmm. If you were in the same position as Ukrainians are now, do you think that you would stay and fight or leave the country? And the, and the result was, and this is all adults, um, stay and fight 55%, leave the country 38%, don't know, which is not a crazy position, 7%. What was interesting is that there was a strong partisan difference uh, in the stay and fight and leave the country numbers. Uh, Republicans were 68% stay and fight, and 25% leave the country. Mm-hmm. Democrats were 40% stay and fight, and 52% leave the country. Of course they were. So <laughs> it's a... Look, I mean, people, people in Ukraine are leaving the country because yeah. it's intolerable. Uh, the, the, you know, the Russian invasion has created an intolerable situation in which they mm-hmm. face incredible suffering, if not death, by staying. So, you know, leaving the country for people, you know, heading, heading to Poland for people in Ukraine is an entirely uh, rational of act. Of course on the, hand, on the other hand, we do celebrate and admire those Ukrainians who are staying and fighting. So it's an, it's an interesting question, and I'm not going to draw, like, huge conclusions from it, but there's a big partisan difference here uh, among Americans who were asked to put themselves in the same position, Uh, and uh, a a significant majority of Republicans, 68%, said they would stay and fight, while a minority, 40% of Democrats, said they would stay and fight. Then let's bring it to this country and the fascinating political bedfellows being made by this entire Ukrainian Uh, drama that's playing out before us. I can find Republicans who say not one step into American military involvement. I can find other Republicans who say it is past time for us to be in a no-fly zone. I can find Democrats similarly split. What does that mean? Well, I think um, it means our politics is is in an interesting place. 
Uh, and this is something that I think that, that Donald Trump kind of recognized, didn't create, he recognized it uh, in 2015, and I think we're still there. I think, I think there were a lot of Republicans, for example, who were in favor of the United States uh, getting out of Afghanistan fully, uh, but they were appalled at how badly Biden did it. But, I mean, the actual goal of getting out of Afghanistan, obviously that's something that Trump had wanted. And there were a lot of voters who wanted to get out because the United States had been there for 20 years. So there was this, it was this kind of partisan, uh, you know, overlap among, um, among Republicans and Democrats. So I, I think you're seeing something, you know, similar now. Um, I do think, you know, just the, there's a bipartisan uh, consensus uh, in, in the top leadership that uh, it would be a bad idea for the United States to be involved in a shooting war in Ukraine or any of its NATO allies to be involved in a shooting war in uh, Ukraine, thus triggering our NATO treaty obligations to defend them. So that's why you've seen the debate you've seen about no-fly zone. On the other hand, and I'll, I'll shut up in just a minute, but we, we will see I think everyone realizes that if Russia continues and and just um, begins to just uh, um, execute a, a, a scorched earth attack in Ukraine, you know, uh, widening the suffering, widening the death, you will see increased pressure on Joe Biden to do something like a no-fly zone. And speaking of pressure on Joe Biden, there's pressure every day for him to stop buying Russian oil, and he yeah. just won't do it. When Nancy Pelosi has clarity on this, what does it mean for Biden? Now, that's interesting. The, the, whole, the Pelosi thing was interesting. She came out and just said, yeah, stop. Um, a lot of the politics of this war, both in Europe and here, is driven by the environmental lobbies in both countries. I mean, the Europeans are in such a dreadful position uh, as far as energy is concerned, because, you know, the Germans, for example, shut down all, all of their nuclear plants. And the idea is, go to, is to go to a renewable energy future, but they're not there yet. So they, have to end, they end up having to purchase a lot of, uh, of um, fossil fuels, mostly natural gas, and they do it from Russia. Uh, so the, the, the Germans quickly shot down the idea of just not buying any more energy from Russia because they can't survive. Uh, without it. The United States can survive without it. Um, but a lot of Republicans, mostly Republicans, are pointing out that, uh, you know, we, we were a, a net energy exporter uh, under President Trump, and that's no longer the case, and we ought to get there again. I understand energy is, it, you know, it's fungible. It's not like everything produced in the United States is then used in the United States and, oh, we're self-sufficient. But when you produce enough uh, to do that, then you are not dependent on on foreign oil. So I think we're the 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 interesting thing is remember John Kerry brought this up early on in the Ukraine invasion, saying you know, he hoped it wouldn't affect the, the climate <laughs> talks going on. Uh, so oh. amazingly enough, you know Russia invades Ukraine in kind of a World War II style conflict. And a lot of the talk in the capitals of Europe and the United States is about the environment. It is a stunning, kind of stunning tone deafness. Byron York is here, chief political correspondent for The Washington Examiner. Last question is born of my cynicism. I don't want to be too cynical. And it's not like this would be bad. But do you feel like people who are coming into the fray and sharing their thoughts? 
that many of them, uh, from Cotton to Rubio to Pompeo, all guys I love, are <laughs> sharing from the heart what they feel, but also just maybe burnishing some 2024 credentials in an election where foreign policy may still be a big deal. Sure. All three of them are, are running for president or would want to run for president or are running kind of conditional races for president if Donald Trump doesn't run for president. Uh, I mean, there's a big Republican field if uh, if President uh, Trump doesn't run. So, uh, of course they are. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, it's, it's, this is the way our, our system works. Man. And Pompeo and, and Cotton and others, if they have higher ambitions, I mean, it's a good thing for them to stake out positions on these issues. Mm-hmm. It is. And so if, with 60 seconds, you said there's a, a big field if Trump doesn't run. Is there any field if he does I, who are the people who you really absolutely think yeah. will still run, even if Trump does? The list starts with DeSantis. Where else well, does it go? The, the, it's interesting because, I mean, I've, I've had people, uh, well-connected people in Iowa uh, and other uh, early states say, look, Trump would clear the field if he, if he did run. Uh, I think people have to determine whether Trump is actually, by 2023, right. not today, mm-hmm. is, is actually a paper tiger. Now, personally... I believe there should be a multi-candidate and vigorous primary and caucus season. There is no incumbent president in the Republican Party right now, uh, which is when you usually just have a coronation. So um, I, I think there should be. Um, I, I think that if you, if you have signs of a weakening Trump position, and it's a weakening Trump position because time moves on. Of course it does. And, and, there are, and, there are ton of, and there are a ton of people who love Trump and thank God he was president every day who might be thinking, I don't know, time to pass the baton. Byron York, always a joy. Follow him at Byron York and look for him in the Washington Examiner. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review. Our program is coming today in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. It's America's most unique graduate leadership programs offered on Pepperdine's breathtaking campus in Malibu, California. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. If you're enjoying the podcast, please tell a friend to go to Town Hall Review and sign up as well today. This is Jerry Boyer for townhall.com. President Biden's first State of the Union was in need of the fact-checked industry that we heard so much from during the Trump years. One item stood out to me as particularly misleading. Biden said he was, and I quote, the only president ever to cut the deficit by more than one trillion dollars in a single year. Well, yeah, but the only way to get that badge of honor is to have had a deficit which was pushing three trillion dollars to begin with. And of course, there's the basic issue of adjusting for inflation. A trillion dollars just ain't what it used to be because of debasing the dollar. Once one adjusts for the debasing of currency and size of previous deficit, Biden's deficit drop is pretty run-of-the-mill, especially in comparison with other times when calamities have come to an end. If the COVID war is over, then when do we get our post-war boom? We need our economy back. I'm Jerry Boyer. Publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.